NBA podcast featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are live here from the Nothing But That podcast. I'm your host, Steve Carter. We will start the episode by saying, first, we are all sick, so no audio issues. We just sound like shit. <laughs> With that being said, how we doing, Mike? Yeah, it is what it is. That time of year, everyone's kind of feeling a little run down. I just got a little scratchy throat, but not feeling too bad otherwise. But a lot of good news in the NBA. How about you guys? All is well, my guy. All is well. How we doing, Jay? Six, but real players play when they're hurt, and you know we're resilient, so we're gonna get. To it. We'll call it the flu episode, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's that's gonna be the name of the title, the flu episode. Um. Anyway, guys. Um. Last week we posted our switch or switcher dish. Jamie, you weren't with us last week, so we can get your take on this as well. Uh, Jason Tatum is the front runner for MVP. Switcher dish. We'll start with you, Jay. Well. Jamie is currently not with us for the second, but we asked our fans this. It looks like we got about a few votes in. It looks like 60% actually said Dish. Uh, Mike, I believe you are big on the Jason Tatum MVP uh, front runner race. It appears to be that way. He's had another good week. I'm still with Steph, but um, especially with as the Warriors are improving. Um, yeah, I was muted, but um, I'm going to switch it. <laughs> Steph... Uh, if you would have said last week, I would have gave it to Steph. But after this week, Steph's numbers went a little down. Um, and Tatum obviously went off in the last few games. So I'd give it to him right now. Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting debate. I think we have like we still have like five or six guys averaging 30 a game. Um, so, you know, those numbers are starting to come down. But I just saw a stat. Um it's it's the most we've ever had at this point into the year going into December. I think five or six the most, and the the second highest is like two or three. So just shows you where the scoring in the NBA is. As we've always like, you could see it was always going to continue to trend up, but it is obviously higher now than ever before. Um, let's get into some news and notes, guys. We got a big one to start here. It's kind of a feel good story, but I want to know what you guys think and what this actually means for the Dallas Mavericks. Kind of old news here. Uh, it happened, I think, right at like probably right as we got done last week, like a couple hours later. Kemba Walker signs with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, Dallas is obviously looking for a guy who can fit into that Jalen Brunson role. Kemba, you know, when he when he's healthy, he had back to back forty point games for the Knicks last year, I believe, early. So, what can Kemba bring to Dallas? Is it sustainable? And do we think this? helps Dallas because I mean I was here last week saying they were dead because they don't have help for Luca. when you go to the road when you go to um, Detroit and you lose in overtime it's only going to solidify my point do we think Kemba Walker helps the Dallas Mavericks in the long term obviously it's going to in the short short term but is it going to help in the long term Mike you can start yeah I'm looking at Kemba Walker in 37 games last year 11 points three and a half assists three rebounds and like I said, 37 games. I agree with you. I think he does help him short-term. I think he can help him long-term, too, but I don't know if we're seeing... I don't know how much um, a jump in productivity and efficiency we're going to see uh, with him on the floor for the Mavericks. I overall do think it's a positive. 
the dude's got to stay healthy too. That's the other issue. We could be two weeks down the line and there could be an injury. I don't want to speak that into existence, but that's obviously a concern. I think he also just does bring kind of a, a veteran mentality uh, to the to the Mavericks, which, albeit Luca's great and amazing, you know Walker does have a little experience. Um, you know, a few years, a few more years under his belt, so maybe he has some insight to provide for uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So I'll go. He does improve, but I'm I'm not you know leaps and bounds on on this move. I guess that you know. Not not seeing huge gains here, right? What do you think, Jay? Um, I I think long term, long term's tough. Um, because I don't even know what did they just did they sign him for like the the minimum for a year? Like I don't even did you happen anybody know that? Yeah, yeah, he's on he's on the he's on uh he's on a deal for us the year. Okay, so. Short term, yeah, like you said, it obviously helps. He's a career twenty and five guy. Um, it helps not only the Mavs but Luca. I mean, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much. He's still going to because that's just how he plays um, and how the Mavs play. But um, it definitely brings um, ball handling in and a little bit of a definitely help uh, offensively to take some load off of Luca's shoulders. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a good pickup for sure. I like it. Um, it definitely can't hurt, right? Like they're right. in a position where they're just so heavily, heavily reliant on Luca. We obviously know how good Luca is playing this year, but it, it appears that he's probably already going to be out of gas. You know, I think that'll be a thing that comes and goes, but, um, to be saying that here in the first couple of days of December is not a good thing. So I think it definitely will help try to relieve some of the pressure. I don't think it's going to work, though, unfortunately. I just think we know the history of Kemba, and sometimes that's all you just got to go with. Um, let's let's talk about a big injury. Uh, the injury bug is floating around here in, when we talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young looks like he's going to be missing uh, a little bit of time. I don't know. I don't want to say significant, but it does look like it's going to be a little more than a week or so. With a shoulder injury, it appears that John Collins is going to be out for two weeks. They're already missing DeAndre Hunter. Um, the injury woes are happening in Atlanta. Um, you know, the East is tight. We're seeing the rise of the Brooklyn Nets. We're seeing the rise of the Philadelphia 76ers in some way as they get healthier. What what do we think about the Atlanta Hawks? How concerning is this for them? Um, we'll start with you, Jeff. I mean, it's definitely concerning anytime anybody's hurt, especially when you have three or three or four of your starters hurt. Um, yeah, Trey's tenth in scoring right now uh, in points per game, second in assists. Uh, it's gonna hurt. Um, definitely gonna hurt your offense. I think defensively, um, losing Trey doesn't necessarily hurt, but losing Hunter and Collins and um, is that it? Just Hunter and Collins. Yeah, that definitely that definitely hurts defensively. Um, but none of them, none of the injuries are like season-ending injuries. Um, you just hope those guys get back um, sooner rather than later because the East, like we've talked about um, all year so far, the East is going to be tough. Yeah, for sure. The East, the East is pretty loaded. So. 
Uh, Mike, if you want to touch on this real quick, I don't really have much to say. I mean, obviously it is what it is. I think it's going to hurt them in the long scheme of things. Um, a couple of games really separates these teams. And, you know, they currently sit in the fourth spot, but Brooklyn, Brooklyn's looking better and better. Uh, Philly's looking better and better. And it's just the East and the Raptors are now healthy again, too. So it's just kind of where I sit. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Jamie said it. It's it's this for long term. I would, you know, this would be more concerning. They they might have a rough week, might drop a couple games. But you just said they're in the four spot. Uh, they're between the four spot and the tenth tenth spot. It's a two game separation on teams. So you said it. The East is getting uh, tighter here in terms of records. So a couple games definitely matters. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if they can't get back healthy and get back on track. Another big injury we had this week might be the biggest of them all. Uh, well, maybe not besides Trent, but, I mean, this one's a lot more serious. Looks like Carl Anthony Towns is only going to miss four to six weeks with the right calf strain, which I say is, like, only is because I don't know if you guys saw the video. Um, man, I really thought this man tore his Achilles, so thank, thank God that he didn't. Um, it's obviously better when we have these kind of guys on the floor. But um, the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves are. Uh, we'll get into them here in a little bit, but they're 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 a joke, and that is what it is. Uh, a couple of milestones that we had this week: LeBron James passes Magic for sixth all time on the assist list. That's pretty wild. If we, you know, as we start to watch LeBron, you know, finish out his career and reaching milestone these milestones uh, for us who have watched him play his whole entire career, I think it's just something. And then we have our first players and coaches of the month. We have Monty Williams and Joe Missoula winning coach of the month uh, for their respective conferences. And same with Devin Booker and Jason Tatum. Um, all right, guys. With that being said, let's roll into a takeaway that we have had from this week. We'll start here with you, Mike. Uh, yeah, I got I got something on D-Book, too. But I'm, I don't know if one of you guys are talking about him. But my overall um, takeaway here is nothing too serious but just we have a couple key players to their teams well i'll say contributing players to their teams but uh that are coming back from injury tj warren had his first game back with the nets he had 17 minutes 10 points four rebounds and i'll, I'll also document one steal because i i do think he, that's going to be a factor that uh also contributing offensively, but definitely on the defensive end as well. So, you know, 17 minutes, I expect probably to go up as the season goes. So he'll get a slow ramp up. Markel Fultz, again, not, you know, he's not the best player on the Orlando Magic and the Orlando Magic aren't, you know, contending contending or anything. But he's had three games, only averaging 21 minutes, eight points per game, two rebounds and almost five assists. So, uh, I know we kind of liked talking about the Magic, their young team, their young core. Uh, I think Fultz can add, um, you know, some good leadership at times. He has been in the league a couple of years. I don't think he's played a full season yet. But, um, you know, just another guy, another piece of that puzzle. And then, of course, Chris Middleton, who is definitely more than a contri contributing factor to the Bucks. He's, you know, a, a main contributing factor at the very least. Uh, Middleton had the other night in a – Wild game. <laughs> uh, 27 minutes, 17 points, two rebounds, seven assists. So not a bad stat line for his first game back. Um, like I said, 27 minutes. Um, he'll probably get into the 30s in the next couple of weeks, um, so long as he stays healthy with no regression. So 
that's mainly my uh, just takeaway is some uh, some guys coming back from injuries that I think are going to help their teams, especially with the Nets and Bucks. Keep an eye on them, seeing what happens uh, as the next couple of weeks roll around. Yeah, the Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton thing is uh, very interesting in the sense that he really hasn't played basketball in quite some time. It was like last year, early in the playoffs, he's been out. Uh, he went out, and then he's been out since. So, excuse me. Um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, it's obviously good to see these guys back. I, I've talked about last week, how excited I was for TJ Warren. I talked about, um, you know, the impact that he can have from Brooklyn. Brooklyn's playing some good basketball right now. Um, we'll get into them here in a little bit. And then Martel Fultz is a sneakily really good guard who doesn't get enough attention because he is in Orlando. Um, but you know, a lot of people always view him as a bust because he went number one overall in the Jason Tatum draft class. But, I mean, yeah, is, is he number one overall material? No, probably not. But I think this guy is going to have, like, a nice, long, very solid career where he can do a lot of different things. I don't ever know what happened to his jump shot. When he was in college, it was fine. And then, for some reason, it got broken. And, obviously, that situation is just all weird. But other than that, this guy does a lot of good things on a basketball court. I was really high on Orlando before the year. That looks like that's going to nip me in the butt. Um, but you know, I think there's still a lot of good young talent over there. I think their time will be here soon. And Mike, not to mention, I believe we have the James Harden return tomorrow evening against the former team, the Houston Rockets. Oh, thank you for that too. I was wondering when that was rolling around. So yeah, so Philly, so Philly will be adding a superstar, a super, at least a star, back to their lineup here with Joel Embiid as they are now going to be just only waiting on Tyrese Maxey as they're starting to play some better basketball. Uh, what's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I, um, I like Marco Fultz a lot, actually. Um, I always have. The whole, like you alluded to it, the jump shot thing, it, I don't know how you become a top, was he second pick? Or was he first? Mm-hmm. No, he went number one overall because yeah, uh, one. the Celtics had the number one pick. <laughs> Philly came up to get him, and then Boston stayed at, went to third and got Tatum. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the fact that you go one and then you get in the league and your jumpers mess, I just still don't understand it. But, uh, yeah, I like Fultz. Uh, Middleton is obviously um, probably not th- obviously not this year an all-star, but he's an all-star caliber player. Um, T.J. Warren – Listen, TJ, all you got to do is give me 15 a night. That's pretty much all we're asking you to do as far as the Nets go. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for um, that. Um, do you want me to go into my takeaway? Yeah, go ahead. Um, my takeaway is um, the Lakers. Um, and this week it's a little more positive than most. Um, I've been a little hard on them, but that's – because they went 0-7 out of the gate, and you can't get any worse than that. Um, AD's playing unbelievable right now. I don't care if they've played the Spurs 18 times in the last 20 days. It doesn't matter to me. Um, they're, I think they've won uh, six of the last eight, maybe, or seven of nine, something like that. Uh, LeBron came back, and he's playing solid basketball, not trying to do anything crazy he's just running the offense what I'm really liking out of this team right now is Russell Westbrook taking Mm -hmm. control of his role and just 
playing as hard as he can, like he always does. Um, the other night against the Bucks, he his first six possessions um, on the floor, he had five assists. And without him, they have no chance of winning that game, in my opinion. Um, the energy he brings is contagious, and I'm happy to see that he's taken on that role of coming off the bench. Um, his turnovers are down, which is huge. Um, they got a, a semi-easy week ahead. They play the Cavs in not uh, next game, but the game after. But besides that, they're all winnable games. Uh, Sixers game might be tough, but um, uh, yeah, um, my takeaway is the Lakers. They look good right now, and I don't think anybody really. I, I don't think anybody wants to play the Lakers right now. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, said the thing I was looking forward to was that stretch where the Lakers had eight winnable games, and they won six of them, and they should have won that one against Indiana, so they really should have won seven of those eight there. Uh, the only winnable game that they didn't have that week was the Suns, but um, I thought they went punch for punch in that game with the Suns. Um, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis has had like 25 and 15 in each of his last like eight games or something. It's pretty remarkable what he's doing. And honestly, it's like you said, like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis playing with a sense of urgency has really changed how people are going to look at the uh, the Lakers. Um, but I'm not really sure I'm buying. I mean, I'm I'm not selling. Like I, I, I said it last week, and I'm still I'm a believer in this Lakers team because of those two showing that they're willing to buy into that role. Um, but now we're about to see if it's real or not. They have the toughest schedule uh, in the month of December. They have this East Coast road trip. Now, they did start it off with a bang. That Milwaukee's Buck game, was uh, that was just a phenomenal basketball game. We had Giannis and AD playing an elite level of basketball. Obviously, Chris Middleton was still getting worked into the mix. It felt like but, a playoff game, kind of. Yeah, it really did. So yeah, intense. Yeah, it was. I mean, when you had two, uh, you know, two top ten players in the world playing at the A, I'll say Anthony Davis top ten player. I don't care what people say. If we're gonna, if you're worried about the injuries, well, we could worry about injuries for a lot of people. Uh, when Anthony Davis is right and he's playing like the way he's been playing, he's a top ten player in the world to me. Um, but yeah, I just think the uh, Lakers. We're about to find out about the Lakers here real soon, and we're gonna figure. We're gonna find out if they should be trading those two first round picks, in my opinion. What are your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I, I, the Lakers have been. It sounds like inquiring or monitoring some. Uh, some of the status of some of the Bulls players too. So they might be seeing the writing on the wall that, hey, we're things are going right for us. We might want to buy into this season and see what happens. Um, also, you know, Jamie's talking about Russell Westbrook buying into his role too. I mean, this dude has been talked about now as a uh, six-man-of-the-year candidate. And I don't know I don't know if he's now the front-runner, if, if that's what people are saying. but He's the front-runner on all the sports books. Yeah, yeah. so he is. So. We'll see. I mean, I think he's averaging maybe 16, somewhere in that range. I didn't pull it up, but um, yeah, I, Russell Westbrook's doing his thing. Anthony Davis stays healthy and maintains this, and the Lakers keep going to him and keep looking to him. LeBron keeps facilitating scoring when he needs to. The Lakers might be making uh, some noise and a good push here towards uh, kind of the, the mid middle of the season as we enter it. So I agree with Jamie. They're, uh, they've been hooping lately. Well, this is what LeBron wanted from the jump. LeBron wanted AD to be the guy. And AD never really was A, healthy enough, or B, had enough urgency to be that guy. 
And now that he's showing it, we're seeing what LeBron's wanted the Lakers to be for the past two years. Um, but better late than never, and hopefully AD can stay healthy. I also think something that should be talked about is AD looks more comfortable in being a bigger body. When he was in New Orleans in his first year in L.A., he was just a smaller guy who was kind of more of a forward. Last year, couple years, he's put on a little bit of weight to be able to play that center position, and now it's really looking like he's starting to feel comfortable in his body, um, which is a lot tougher than some people think. Like People think guys can just put on weight and uh, be their normal selves. But with that being said here, I'm going to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. I uh, I hate to take a little victory lap early in the year, but um, they had a nice little week here. They went 3-0. and uh, They didn't really have like a tough week. The big thing I want to talk about with the Pelicans is not just about this past week, but now it's time to start stepping back and looking at the overall view of this team. And when we talk about these numbers, just think about a couple of things. Zion Williamson's missed games. Brandon Ingram is hurt and has missed games. And CJ McCollum has missed games for this team. And yet, they're fifth in points per game. They're tenth in points per game allowed. They're fourth in point differential. They're sixth in offensive efficiency. They're third. Third in defensive efficiency. Fourth in efficiency differential. They're the only team besides the Suns to be in top ten in all those categories. And I don't understand why we aren't looking at this team as a legit Western Conference contender because they, they're they there in every stat. The defense is showing that it's real. They have a superstar in Zion Williamson. Uh, let's look at the efficiency that he had this week. He had 33-10 and 10 on 12-15 shooting against the Raptors, one of the best defensive teams in the league, who had Siakam and Scotty back. And then he had 30-15 and 15 on 9-14 shooting against the Spurs. Um, this guy's a bona fide superstar. He gives that he gives them the, the the puncher's chance that any superstar gives the team. They have great role players in Herb Jones, Troy Murphy. I mean, we I went through this last week, but I'm sitting here saying like we really need to look at this team as a they're going to finish top three in the West. The Warriors might jump in there with the Suns on them. That that that's a thing, but this is the third best team in the West and it's not even close. The, the West is a three. It's a three-headed race to me, and it's those two, and it's the Pelicans. And I think people need to talk about it. Um, Willie Green is going to win Coach of the Year. I'm, I'm not, I have not been so sure about something so early into the year, but he is going to win Coach of the Year. And as long as Zion stays healthy, this team has a chance. And if this team is the third-best defensive team in the league, um, I don't think the finals are that unrealistic for this ball club. What do you think, Mike? Hey, I mean, I, I'll – Co-sign with you because I, yeah, I like the Falcons coming into this year as well. I, you know, that I think they could be a top three team. I think that would, three would have been like the ceiling for them, but they're playing like it. I got some, some info or at least some thoughts on the Pelicans a little later here in the, in the episode. But yeah, I mean, you said it for all the right reasons. The Pelicans are hooping and haven't even been totally healthy yet. Brandon Ingram has missed a few games and will miss a couple more if I have that right with a toe injury. But C.J. McCollum has been doing his thing. Uh, big JV, Jonas Valanciunas, is obviously a, the big man holding it down. He's um, so underrated. Yeah, I, I really think he is. And I, if nobody else gets it going, this guy can seriously go out and give you a 20 and 17, like just – randomly and you know i'm sure they don't look for that in him but um just to know that he he is capable of that is just another weapon and kind of tool in their 
toolkit they can use. It kills the small ball lineups. When you try to go small, they'll kill you inside with Jonas. Yeah. No, he's, Jamie said, I think he is a little underrated here. And Zion staying healthy and having a puncher's chance is a, uh, is a really good way to put it, I think. So he worded that really well. I just give it to Zion, man. The guy's going to have an insanely high field goal percentage and he's just going to muscle people and out, uh, you know, jump them. And if he's working down low, if he's got a, his jump shot going, then that makes them that much more dangerous. Obviously with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram in the mix too. So nah, I, I'm, I'm really liking the Pelicans as well. Jamie, your thoughts on the yeah, Um not only does Valanciunas kill the small ball lineup, Zion pretty much does too because you can't put somebody small on him. He's just going to eat him for lunch. Um, and I, listen, I said it from the start before the season started. The Pelicans have they have the ability to be a conference finals team. I just do not think they are going to be healthy towards the end of the year. Yes, a bunch of guys have missed games here and there, but I'm telling you, there's going to be an injury to somebody that's going to be season-ending, and it's going to ruin their whole season, and I'm just waiting for it. I'm going to die on that hill. But Brandon Ingram's already missed two or three weeks of the season, though. Worth the games. Like, it's not like these guys have played a full amount of years. Like, Zion Williamson's already missed a week worth of games. Brandon Ingram's already missed. Like, this team's just a deep basketball team. And, I mean, yeah, in the postseason, if one of these guys are hurt, it could – you know, hurt them in the playoff series, that's fine. But this year, like when we're talking about the regular season, when you have Trey Murphy, who has a very legitimate case to be in the most improved race, and we have Herb Jones, and we got Larry Nance playing at the level he does, and you got Young. Like, they just have so many pieces that can come in and step in for injuries. Yeah, now, the playoffs might be a different thing if, like, this is a thing. But, I mean, I mean, as of right now, I, I just don't know. I don't know. They do have some of the best wing defenders in the league with Herb Jones and uh... – What's his? Uh, you just said his name. Trey Trey Murphy. Yeah, I love Trey Murphy. They they do have a very very good defensive team. I'll give them that for sure. I'm uh I don't know man. I'm just I, I I'm probably gonna be way too high. I'm I'll probably curse them, and the next thing you know, something bullshit will happen next week to them. So apologize to uh, my New Orleans fans, but um that's all I really have for this takeaway. Are we good here? Think so. Yeah. Me, all right. Good. Alrighty, let's roll into our power rankings. I'm pretty sure we might be fairly similar here, so uh, let's see how we go. Um, we'll start here with you at five, Jim. Five, I'm uh, I'm sticking with the Cavs in my top five. Um, I just I can't take them out. Uh, I just love I love Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Um, they're one of the best backcourts in the league. I feel like I say this every <laughs> every week. Um, they're eighth in field goal percentage and third in three-point percentage, so they seem to be shooting efficiently. Um, uh, they're 29th in steals and 25th in blocks, which are surprising to me, but that number should go up as the season progresses. Uh, yeah, so I'd, I mean, short and sweet, I like the Cavs at five. Yeah, I'm with you here. I also have the Cavs at five. Um, I, my question for you guys, are the Cavs closer to the Bucks and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference? Are they closer to the 76ers, the Heat, the Raptors, the Hawks, the Nets? Like, are they like, do we see them more as a contender in the East, or do you think they're just like one of those teams that are, you know, not necessarily going to contend this year? I think they're right in the middle, 
to be honest. It's probably a boring answer, but I think they're literally right in the middle. Mike? Yeah, yeah I think that's probably accurate. I, I don't know. I can't see them finals maybe this year, but I, if they could, you know, battle their way to an Eastern Conference final, I also wouldn't be totally surprised in that, uh, that area either. It's tough, man, because, like, the analytics love the Cavs, right? You know, their numbers, all the analytics stats on the Cavs are crazy high. Um, the numbers are still down when Darius and Donovan play together. So I think, like, that's a good thing with being 15-8 and eight and their best two players have even played their best basketball together. I think that's a really good thing. Um, so it's just going to be – I don't know, man. It's hard to say what they're gonna where they end up here, but uh, I also have them at five. Mike, what do you have? I have uh, New Orleans actually at five. You, for all the reasons you just said, New Orleans is hooping. They are um, a top five defense in terms, or sorry, a top five offense in terms of uh, points per game at 117. They also, where is it here? Top five rebounding. Um, Big Jonas Valanciunas, like I said, has a lot to do with that. I'm not going to pepper them too hard right here just because we just talked about them a lot. But um, as long as they stay healthy, this is a team that's probably going to be floating around in that top five, especially uh, one of those top teams in the Western Conference. So I got New Orleans at five. Uh, Who do you have at four, Mike? Uh, I now have Cleveland at four. Um, I like Cleveland a little more. They do jump ahead of um, where are they? They they do do jump ahead of New Orleans in um, defense. I have them for points per game um, at number one. They're only allowing 105 uh, points per game, and I I think I just like the combination of what they have going in terms of Darius Garland, um, Donovan Mitchell, their bigs with Jared Allen um, and Evan Mobley. I I think they have more, um, I want to say potential, more of a ceiling than New Orleans right now. And then playing, um, they they have the issue with the Cavs for me is sometimes they're high and sometimes they're low. Like we were texting Steve, they've had some. Oh, weird it's luck. very obvious. It's home and away. Like they're ten and yeah. one at home, and they're five and seven on the road. Yeah, I think in the last ten, Cleveland is seven and three. Uh, New Orleans is eight and two. I want to say, but uh, I got to go with defense too um or uh, i guess points allowed per game in in that terms of defense um also playing in kind of a harder division i I give the edge to the Cavs at number four but i I went back and forth in new orleans and cleveland jim who do you have a four yeah another thing about the Cavs, i like i like the the fact that they kind of have an identity already Mm -hmm. it's you know, front court, big guys, defense, quick, long, and then your back court. Guard the perimeter. Yeah. Um, so my four, I got the Warriors actually. Um, listen, they've they're back. I mean, I don't. Jordan Poole had 32 nights ago. Wiggins had 36 last night. Clay's scoring at a high level again when he's playing. Um, Steph, and now Steph is having the best year of his career statistically. I mean, there's just it's inevitable for these guys to get going. Um, they're going to start putting it together. Um, 
there's just so much firepower. It's so hard. Any night, anybody can go off for 40. It's it's tough. There's four guys on the team that can go off for 40 at any night. And, uh, I mean, defensively, they're still not – they're playing a lot better, but they're still not playing at the rate that they're accustomed to, and I think that's going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, no, I mean, the Warriors are definitely playing better. Uh, you guys can take this as a surprise all you want, but I actually have the Milwaukee Bucks at number four. Um, they're starting to fizzle out to me. Obviously, there's a lot of things changing with them. Their defense is down till 11th, uh, 11th in efficiency in the last five games. I think that's a huge concern from them. Like, we were talking about them as the best team in the league because we could rely on their defense. Their defense isn't there. Schedule's gotten a little tougher starting to view them a little differently here. I think they're great, but like we've talked about last episode, Giannis hasn't been as dominant this year yet. Great game against the Los Angeles Lakers, but he also gave up a big game to Anthony Davis as well. So with that being said, I'm kind of a little, I'm starting to fall down here on the Bucks a little bit. Um, I know we can sit here and say that their record is this and that. Um, I'm just talking about like when I look at their efficiency numbers, they're, they were clearly like by far the best team and defensive efficiency over the regular over the course of the season so far. And now if we look at it, Cleveland's within like a third of a point or something. So um, that's just where I'm sitting. I'm falling down here on the Bucks. And with that being said, I'm going to go right back to the team that I said for all the reasons who should be at number three, and it's the New Orleans Pelicans. They're playing great basketball right now. Uh, they're just one of the best teams in the league. And as they continue to get healthy, I, I just I think the sky is really the limit from New Orleans. I think this team could be a year early. Uh, before people are ready for it. Who do you have at number three, Jay? At three, I got the Bucks. Um, they are what they are. Um, they're a decent, well, I mean, they're better than decent defensive team, but uh, like you said, their schedule's gotten a little tougher and um, it's shown. Uh, Middleton's back. Um, it's going to take a little bit for him to get acclimated back into the lineup and just to show what he's capable of. Uh, they overpower teams. Brooke Lopez is now an elite shot blocker, and he's making about two threes a game, shooting about 41% from three, which, I mean, I, I just still don't understand it. He's, he's, changed, he's changed the whole, his whole game um, from start to finish in his career. But anyway, um, Giannis is Giannis. Um, they're still up there. Uh, like you, I'm a little bit down on them. Um, more so now than I was last week, uh, but I still got him. I mean, top three team in the league. Mike. Yep, I got Milwaukee at uh, number three as well. Listen, Brooke Lopez is on a lot of people's radar as defensive player of the year. Giannis can, I mean, it was an early discussion in that uh, spot too. And they, I think some of their defenses changed a bit, too, because uh, Drew Holiday has not been consistently in the lineup the last couple of weeks, missing games uh, here and there. Even last night, they don't play uh, Giannis, Drew Holiday, or Middleton. I think that probably you know affects some um, defensive numbers. They played numbers. the Spurs, though, right? Or did they play Oklahoma City? They played City? Charlotte, I believe, or, oh, last night. Even better, Charlotte. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good spot to rest them. But I think there's – I don't and know. They, only gave, they didn't even give up 100 last night, did they? No, but I, th I just think them missing um, – having people – like, especially Drew Holiday, having games in and out um, doesn't 
help their defensive numbers at all, but I do think they get back to at least one of the more elites, you know, better than they are right now defenses, especially when they get Middleton back here. Um, I think they're going to find their groove again. I think they're going to, uh, you know, have the success that they were having when they're fully healthy, like last year. Uh, so I think I'm not too worried about them right now. Um, there are two teams, obviously, that I think are better than them overall, but I still think they're going to be a contender, obviously, to get to the finals, at the very least, Eastern Conference finals. So, um, yeah, Milwaukee at three. Yeah, our top two are probably going to be the same um, as they were the past couple of weeks, so we can just run through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Phoenix at two, Boston at one. Uh, I I don't really have anything to say. Devin Booker deserves a lot more love than he's getting, but I think that's starting to come by. Um, <laughs> my man Chris Paul hasn't played, and he's still in the headlines, so shout out <laughs> to Luke, my man. <laughs> Check that story man. out for yourselves, people. Let's we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard to say, man. Who knows? Uh, hey, man, Devin Booker and CP just doing what they do, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Play, play is going to play. You gonna yeah. say? Uh, and then Boston, I mean, if you guys can add in on either one of these teams. And then Boston, obviously, they're the best team in the league. It's really... We saw Boston do the same thing last year, kind of not a slow start, but, uh, you know, a down-to-earth start. And then once they figured it out last year, they went on that crazy run, as I'll get into. Go ahead, Jay. I just want to talk about Devil Booker right now. Um, yeah. Good God. The dude had a 51 a few nights ago on 80% shooting. And it's not like he's just – like he's he had four boards, six assists, a steal. The night before, he had – or two nights before that, he had 44, eight rebounds, four assists, and six steals. The dude is just he's on another level. Why don't right you now. say who they had 50 on, Jamie? No, that's on. okay, but you you know. I'll, uh, I'll say it. <laughs> just shit on oh, the dude, Bulls. Oh, dude, we forgot just something. News and notes, dude. Shit on the Bulls. What? Billy Donovan got extended. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Man. he's. Uh, yeah, I'll let you go on this one, Mike. I... No, I I wanted to say earlier too, just that Devin Booker. I mean, he. I'm not kidding. I watched the game, and I I wanted to stop watching after two quarters, but I was like, Devin Booker's gonna continue to go off, so I have to watch it. He he didn't play the fourth. He what was his record? Seventy, seventy one. I think yeah, it was, it was 70. 70. Yeah, 70. Uh, he, I'm telling you, no doubt in my mind, he could have easily beaten that this game. See, I'm not kidding. No doubt the dude was in his zone. Like, you wouldn't believe. Bulls had no idea what to do with him. It was disgusting. But he also, fun fact, Jamie talked about his field. I know we're not, I'm not trying to go too much on a tangent here, but Jamie talked about his field goal percentage. I think he didn't score for the first six or seven minutes in the first quarter as well. So that's six or seven minutes that he, and the fourth quarter that he didn't play or didn't score. So yikes. But before that, he's going on a tear through. Steve, didn't you say like maybe Dark Horse, not even Dark Horse, but. Um, oh, he should be on top five MVP though. I was going to say like, kind of like back, backdoor MVP candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. what he's doing without Chris I mean, Paul. Now, like, I, I mean, he's got to be a top five i got tatum yeah. one and booker two honestly yeah i, I don't so disrespectful I of Steph. 
That's it disrespectful is. It to is, Steph but, because I if mean, you look at the numbers with Steph, if you look at the numbers with Steph, like his team is plus a million when he's on the floor, and then the twenty, the fifteen minutes he sits, he's mine. Their team's minus a million. Like Steph's like literally having maybe the best season of his career, but his, he doesn't have the team, so like everyone's not looking at it the same. And I just think it's like crazy disrespectful. But that goes back to our old conversation about if, does your team record matter? I th- I don't think I don't think it matters as much, and I think Fair. that'll just I think that'll diminish here in the next couple of weeks when the Warriors are sitting back at sixteen and eleven. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Well, uh, the yeah, thing then, is, uh, no, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just gonna say that's my piece on on the Phoenix, and then yeah, Boston continues to roll, Tatum continues to roll, so that that's literally all I have. Go ahead, Jeff. The thing is with the Steph stuff, it's as as good as he's been playing and it's been at a crazy rate. The Warriors haven't been as good when he plays his best. No, they have been though. No, 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 no. They have been. They just, he's not getting help. Like Tatum, Tatum's team is on pace to be the greatest offense ever. Like that's, I'll, I will get into the, them numbers here in a minute, but like Steph, like, I mean, Clay, Jordan, okay, first of all, we'll start with Jordan Poole. Like, if everyone wants to talk about Clay, that's fine. Let's talk about Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was not playing very good. There's been regression in Jordan Poole's game, um, as I there had to naturally be, because some of the stuff he was doing last year just didn't feel like that. He could consistently hold that, or else he was going to turn into this budding superstar, which I didn't think Jordan Poole could be. Um, but now that Clay's starting to find it, all these guys are starting to find it, they're starting to win. So naturally, his numbers are kind of taking a dip. But if we're saying that the MVP has to play on a winning team, then he's going to be on a winning team. I, you know what I mean? It's like one of these things, like, we got to figure out, like, there's got to be a happy medium. Yeah. I, I mean, winning team isn't even saying that much, though. Like, he, I mean, there's no doubt the Warriors are going to be a winning team, right? Uh, I think there was doubt. I mean, what, what's their road record right now? It's still, it, dude, um, they're, they're, they're winning about, right now because they've been at home. But their about, road record is still 2-10. Two and ten. Yeah, it's ass. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's that's problematic. I don't think they're the favorite to come out of the West right now. Like, I think oh, we no, rely no. on their no. culture. I so, think like, Phoenix is the difference right. between the Warriors and the Suns. Like, let's put the Warriors and the Suns in different spots, right? Let's act like the Suns have had this culture where they've won multiple. What is it? Four championships in the last eight years. And then you had the Warriors, who were the Suns, who blew two playoffs. Like, how confident would you feel in the Suns in winning a title if we were looking at them in a different in the Warriors? Like, you would they would be the clear favorite in my opinion. But we don't give them that respect because of they've blown leads and they don't have that culture yet, which is more than fair. I'm fine with that. But what they have done needs to be talked about way more than people are talking about. They don't. They haven't had Cam Johnson. They haven't had Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton's missed time. DeAndre Ayton might have played his best trash of basketball in his career. Yeah. The past, the past week or two, I mean, the other night was horrible. I mean, we were right back to the 6-5-2 and two bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we were all uh, we were all wrong on the Suns in the beginning of the year, I think. Oh, yeah. We all I, thought they'd take a step definitely. down and Everyone, missing two of their, I mean, not most important, but two very, very important guys, and they just, they're running through teams right now. I mean, yeah. Jay Crowder, too, right? Yeah, and then Jay Crowder's MI. Like, what they came into the year with, like, they had the, the Robert Sarver situation going on. 
They had mm-hmm. a Jay Crowder MIA. Like they had all these little things that just like felt like, oh, this is gonna implode. Like this is, you know, when you when you win 60, 60 games back to back years, and then you don't do anything with it, it feels like things implode instead of just fixing itself. And somehow Devin Booker has a team. That's why I think he definitely needs to be in this MVP conversation. Well, if, Steve, I asked you this last week, so I asked Jamie this week. When Chris Paul returns, what happens to the Suns? Do they keep rolling? Does Devin Booker keep doing what he's doing? Do they regress? What do you think? Do they even improve more? What's your thoughts? I mean, Chris Paul is one of his IQ is one of the best in the league. I don't think if he's what he needs to do and what he'll do is just, I mean, add. He'll just add a little bit of. Um, he'll definitely add leadership. He'll add. Um, He's a floor general. I don't think Devin Booker's numbers uh, will decrease. No, I think they he'll hop in and they'll just keep rolling. Yeah, I, I think right. Like I think I think that counts. Like Chris Paul has to be better than campaign. Right. And obviously, I would all agree. Of a sudden, campaign and, is like yeah. a like a solid role player. He's been, I mean, all over the league. And now he's even looking good, but yeah. you gotta you gotta give CP3 a little credit. He's, he's, he's been, been sitting behind CP3, watching how he how he operates. You know what I mean? That's obviously gonna help you. He's one of the best point guards of all time. You're just watching and learning from every single day. I wanted. I was gonna do that for a Swisher dish. Let's just let's roll into Swisher dish, and this is gonna be a little bonus one. Like, do we Swisher dish? We don't look at the Suns the same because they choked the last two years. It's, you, to me, it's absolute. To me, it's a switch. Switch. That's they're, the whole they're reason up there. We were down yeah. on them this year. Well, I was kind of down on them with the Robert Sarver situation. Like, I think they like when you have shit, that yeah. kind of yeah, like it's just like everything was a mess. The Sarver eight and thing was weird. Everything just got really weird, and you know, it felt like a regression was legit. But like this team is top ten in every one of those categories. I said the Pelicans were in. They have a bona fide superstar in Devin Booker. Um, Chris Paul's missed time. Uh, if we can get con- consistent production out of Aiden, I, I don't understand why this team does, isn't looked at as like a legitimate final contending team. And I still like think when we listen to people talk, they're not talking about this team as a final contending team. And to me, the only thing that makes sense is, is because we saw them fall apart in the last few years. To me, if we look back at this stretch and we see that if Chris Paul starts to wear off, you can go to Devin Booker as a point guard and he can play at an MVP level, which I think brings the whole new element to this team that could be a potential title contending team. Like Swisher Dish, the only reason this way the only reason why we're not talking about the Suns as true title contenders is because of their past the past two years. Why we or why like the general The general I mean, public. The general public. Uh, so would you say the general public is not talking about them right now as title contenders? I don't think so. I don't I, think people think it's real. I don't know. I bet uh, to me, if you pull up, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but if you pull up the NBA odds, like the finals odds, I, I don't see how they're not in, in the top. <laughs> so I don't know that. To me, the league, it, I don't know. To me, they are getting talked about, or as much as anybody else is. Maybe not as much, but like Boston and Milwaukee, of course. I don't really hear anybody really saying somebody's definitively coming out of the West. Which 
I suppose is good in the sense of, you know, it keeps it a mystery and keeps it competitive. But to me, I mean, it's, it's clear cut that the, the Suns are the favorite. They are? As, as, to me, as of right now, the way they're playing, they to me, they are the clear cut favorite to come out of the West. But that doesn't mean in two weeks, three weeks, if things go wrong, that they're not like that's that's fluid. That's changing. You know what I mean? Yeah, the we're West about is Golden, so packed tight. It's if we're, ridiculous. Yeah, if we're talking about Golden State going on a, a mad tear and everybody like playing the way they are and Steph continues to do what he's doing, then a month down the line or like, I don't know, at All-Star break or Christmas break, if, if Golden State's in the top three, then... You know, of course, we're going to talk about them. But as, if Phoenix keeps rolling and doing what they're doing and staying at number one, I don't see how you can't say that they're the favorite. All right. According to FanDuel, they are the favorite out of the West to win the yeah. championship at plus 700. Gold State, 750. Clippers, 950. Um, all right. I mean, I guess. I, I, I personally, when I listen to people talk about the Suns, everyone is so worried about committing to them to being a championship contender. And I don't understand why. And I think it's part of it because people are too scared to bet against the Warriors. I think the other part of it is because everyone that saw the Suns break down. I would agree with that. That underlying tone and un- like subconscious or, or conscious thought. But like when push comes to shove, they have the third best third best record in the NBA and number one in the West. And um, Devin Booker is playing at an MVP level. So yeah. it just makes sense to me. Now it, all, what, all their numbers check out. Yeah, what all the, the media outlets. Yeah, what what media outlets have discussed and not discussed is you know their issue to discuss. But to me, if you ask like even what you just did, who's the favorite? I would say it's probably Phoenix and Boston. Obviously, they're in the number one spot, but they're also playing the best basketball. Agreed. So. All right, my bad. All right, no, we no, uh, we rolled we rolled with the Suns there for about ten minutes, but I think it was good discussion <laughs> because. I'm, I want to make sure the Suns are getting what they deserve. And, you know, maybe it's because we live on the East Coast and, you know, maybe it's one of those things. But I just don't feel like I hear about the Suns when we're talking. Like, I hear more about the Nets. And, and obviously, I get it's the brand. But I the Suns deserve their flowers here. With that being said, one more Suns topic. We'll make this one a little quicker, though, because we already did the one. My real. Um, we got Devin Booker uh, should have won player of the month over Luka. I thought this one was kind of interesting as the players of the month came out. I feel like a lot of people had probably thought it would have been Luka. So I wanted to ask this question. We'll start here with you, Jay. See, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to swish it. Um, this is, goes back to if your team, to me, I feel like if you, if you bring your team if you get your team W's, then you should be considered as more valuable than if you don't, regardless of how your numbers are. And that may sound a little wacky, but, I mean, that's just how I feel. Luca's obviously putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean, he's going to all year, but the issue with the Mavs are the they need help. <laughs> Luca needs help. If Luca is not going to be, it's like the James Harden thing with the Rockets. A one-man show is not going to get you anywhere. In and I'm glad you season. brought that up. Let's put some goddamn respect on James Harden's name. Because my man James Harden used to do this shit year in and year out, and he was not tired after the, what, 25th game? So put some on man, put some respect on my man's name. For he did it for years. Anyone could do this. Yeah, and he and he was always healthy. That man never missed a game. My bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you good there, Jay? 
No, 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 you're good. Yeah, I'm good with that. Right. Mike, switch your dish. Devin Booker should have won Player of the Month over Luka Doncic. A hundred percent switch for me. Pretty easy. I, I don't know. D Book has been on a tear. His team remains at number one. Luka. Luka has been doing what Luka's been doing for the, the whole quarter, last quarter of the NBA, and it's not to downplay it at all. It's just like Book has been on an insane stretch right now. Monty Williams gets coach, or sorry, Joe. Joe Mazzula gets uh, Coach of the Month. Jason Tatum gets Player of the Month. Monty Williams gets Coach of the Month. I'm saying Kevin D. Book the, the Player of the Month, too. Good coaches have their best players playing at a high level, and each of those teams are at the number one spot in their conference. And it's not like D. Book's just going for, like, 20 points a game. Dude, as we just said, dude's been on a tear. So, like, yeah, I, I, like, Book. I like Book winning that. But So, yeah, Swish. Yeah, I the recency thing here with D Book, I, I I'm gonna say Swish. Like I'm not against this at all. Man, Luca keeping that team. This is my thing though. Like Luca also kept the Dallas Mavericks at 500. They allows them to make a decision on if they should make a move or not. He kind of keeps the Dallas Mavericks in play uh, for a few different things. So I want to respect Luca for that. I mean, I'm gonna say Swish. I've been on the D Book thing for the past couple weeks. Um, and I just think that his play has continued to improve. Uh, and I think, uh, I think, I think it's going to be an interesting race out of the West with those two. Like, I think like those, those two and Steph are just like going to put up elite numbers. And I think we're going to see those three names at the top of this, uh, list for that award, uh, month in and month out for the most of the year. I'd probably bet most of these player of the month come down to those three players. Oh, with that being said, the next question, the next question dish we have here, the Brooklyn Nets will finish as a top three seed in the East. I will start. Who did I start with on that one, James? I'll start here with you, Mike. The Brooklyn Nets will finish as a top three. Uh, no, this. I like the, I like the Bucks. I like, um, I like the Bucks. I like Boston. Uh, Cleveland to me seems like uh, a better, I guess just solid team right now again defensively i like them better brooklyn's too much of a wild card for me still i like philly coming up through the ranks um i'm missing one here oh i mean atlanta's injured right now but if they're still hovering around four you can't tell me that they maybe even get to a three if things go really right for them or um you know at least taking a spot away from brooklyn i i think there's too much Still uncertainty around them. I still there's. I think there's there's still too much of a wild card, as I said. I never know if somebody's going to get injured with KD. I don't want to just rely on that, but I don't know. There's too many things for me working against them to say that. Uh, yeah, they're definitely going to finish the top three. I think they have all the potential to do that, but if you're asking me, they will. As in, I'm certain that they'll do that. No, I can't say with certainty. So I'm gonna. I'm going to dish that. There's too many other teams I like better potentially going in those top three spots. Man, I think the third most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Right. Okay. I, yeah. uh, do we get to the top three? And the, like I said at the top, like just like I said when we were doing the power rankings, man, the Cavs numbers are like so easy to fall in love with in a sense because, um, you know, it seems legit. All the analytical stats that have proven to be like numbers that show that we should be higher on teams than maybe sometimes we are, um, are they're all there and they're all legit. 
But I I don't trust them. I mean, they've won their last four games. They've won the last six games at home. They're giving up the fourth most points for or the fourth least most or fourth least points per game in their last four games. But it's just like I don't know, man. Like I just can't find myself to trust the Brooklyn Nets. Are you biased as a fan of Cleveland, though? I mean, we, I, I, I guess, but like, look at the I know, numbers. I, I, I agree. Their I numbers, agree. their numbers sit with the Suns, and yet we're not talking about the Cavs with the Suns, and I, I'm not sure why, in some sort. But I'm not going to bring up that as an argument. But when we're looking at the numbers, they have the best defense in the league, the second best defense by barely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, they don't score, but their offense efficiency is still decent. Like, yeah, that's I don't fine, know. right? It's like their numbers are there, but like. So, but not even just that. Like we're talking about the Sixers getting Harden back, and Maxi is going to be back at some point. Ben Simmons is back out of the lineup with an injury now. I don't know, man. I'm going to say Dish. Three is rich. I do think they could be at the four spot and hosting a home playoff series and seeing uh, Boston in the second round, which would be a fun rematch. But I think they're, three is just a little too rich. They're a team I don't want to see in the playoffs any slot if they're fully healthy. I'll say that. But as oh, far as, re- as, far as record, right yeah, as far as record getting to that three spot, I mean. They're only a couple games off it, right? I think they're three games right. out of this three seed right now. But what KD is doing right now, Kyrie's been pretty efficient lately. Um, TJ Warren's back. Love what Royce O'Neal's doing. Uh, the X Factor is jo- uh, Joe Harris and the shooter. Uh, Man, Yuta. My man, Yuta. Yeah. I don't know where the hell he came from, but he, that brother could shoot. Yuta, man, yeah. He's uh, dude, dude's got a strap on him, yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding. Jamie, uh, Swisher Dish, Brooklyn Nets will finish as a top three seed in the East. I'm going to dish this, and for me, it has nothing to do about stats it's, or their talent. To me, it's just I feel like they, they're the type of team that are going to take nights off against lesser opponents just just to me how who they are as far as like Kyrie and KD they don't go all out every single game so I think they're going to pick up a lot of losses maybe when they shouldn't um so no I'm I'm going to dish it yeah but yeah I don't want to I wouldn't want to play them in the in the playoffs either Mike I mean (laughs) Yeah. No, no, and you don't want to see Kevin Durant in a playoff series. Like that's what it comes down to. Seven games, yeah. No. That boy is we forget about the the playoffs that Kyrie had with LeBron and how well that dude played. I mean, I don't think I haven't seen anything like that in a in a very long time with him and LeBron getting forty. Um I I mean, yeah, to bring it back to there, that was crazy. I just got off topic, but no, no, I mean it's fine. In that postseason, that is um, the playoffs are roughly four and a half months away. No, sorry, they're about five months away, and that is five months for Kyrie to find a new conspiracy to dig himself into. So that's what we will say about Kyrie. Um, All right, the next swisher this year, the Celtics will maintain and finish with the so right. So I'll say this this way: the Celtics currently have the greatest history the greatest offense in the history of basketball, uh, switch or dish that they will maintain it. Um, so I'm going to switch this. So basically what this stat is basically going off of is the, the efficiency rating uh, sitting at 121.5 with the league average at 112.1. So basically how they decide it is the difference, like how big of a difference it is from the top to the median. And, you know, 
just how Boston's playing basketball and offense. We kind of saw them do this last year. They started 17 and 19, didn't really know what direction they were headed. Um, they were a good basketball team, not or they were decent, but they were a defensive team, but they couldn't figure out the offense. They snapped the finger, figured out the offense, went 34 and 12 to close out the year, rolled to the finals, finished 51 31, lost in six games to the Golden State Warriors. But it feels like they've already snapped their fingers. It feels like everything is clicking. They don't have Robert Williams back. And I just love how this team plays basketball. It's very inside out. Um, get to the rim, kick, dish, wide open three. Uh, they have the most confidence in the next guy up just to keep, come in, knock down shots. They're getting production out of Sam Hauser. They're getting production out of Luke Cornett. Like, they're getting production out of all these guys who, if you leave open, they're going to knock down shots. And, you know, you obviously want to kind of step off and help uh, a, a Tatum or J, uh, a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown drive, but you're not able to do that because you have Sam Hauser in the corner. And although a lot of basketball fans probably don't know who Sam Hauser is, he's one of the best shooters in the league right now. And I just think that this offense is going to be so, so sustainable as long as those two guys stay healthy. So I do think this will end up as the greatest offense of all time. Jamie, what's your dish? Uh, statistically, I'm going to – we're just talking statistically, right, obviously? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I'm going to switch it as well. Um, I think they have the pretty much perfect um, offense for this era of basketball. Um, they don't have a, a big guy underneath that's going to put his back to the basket and um, just like a post presence. But you don't need one in this in this in the league today. Um, like you said, uh, you got Tatum, you got Brown. They drive and kick shooters all over the place. Shout out Derek um, White too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's an underrated defender, and that, he's not talked about enough. That dude can d up just about anybody. Um, uh, with that being said, I mean Grant Williams is shooting the ball at a ridiculous percentage percentage and you got to give respect to him uh al horford just continues to do what al for al horford has done his whole career so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna switch this to bring up grant williams and it's funny you bring that up because if i recall last year in the playoffs um game seven against the bucks the bucks were like out of answers on what to do with boston they had the big Giannis game six to push the game seven and they were kind of like didn't know what to do in this game seven, and they let Grant Williams shoot, and Grant Williams knocked down threes. And if Grant Williams continues to knock down threes, um, this offense is uh, – I don't know, man. This basketball team is just going to be I something mean, else. I mean, the ahead, thing buddy. with the Celtics oh. right now, they're all super confident. And as you guys know, if you're confident in, in anything, you're going you're gonna to excel at it. And right now they are excelling. Yeah, without a doubt, man. They're hooping. They're playing a fun brand of basketball. Mike, Twister this. Uh, I, I think based off what you guys are saying, I would agree in the sense, like, it's, I think all that is leading me to say Swish, but just a little side question. Do we not think that defenses are going to improve as the season goes on? I think it's the one type of basketball you can't stop. Is that right? Okay. Uh, to me, when I, when you, to me, like, if I was the coach or if I was putting together a program, it would be very four out driving kick. And especially with them, they don't have Robert Williams right now. And with the defensive flexibility that they can use with Grant Williams, Derek White, uh, even Malcolm Brogdon's hat, he's playing great minutes. Like he's accepted his role as a six man, knowing his body can't endure a full season. But with him being able to play 20 really efficient minutes of basketball, you know, they just have all these fucking wings that can do so many different things for them. So I, I think it's the 
best brand of basketball, and I think it's one of the most unstoppable. Um, it's that, and sorry to cut you off, Mike. It's that, no, and fine. it's the fact that if they aren't shooting the ball from three at a high rate, then you can just give the ball to Tatum or Brown, and they can create for themselves. You I, know what I mean, they don't have to necessarily live and die by the three, but they're shooting at, at such a high rate. It's like, all right, well, let's just keep driving and kicking. <laughs> um, let me pull up team shooting numbers as you talk, Mike. I don't think they're far off from having 50, 40, 90 as a team. That's, is, that's that where we're is at. wild. Um, man, I, I'm just going to say this just for the, I guess, play devil's advocate here. I don't know. This is a tough one. I mean, how am I to say that? It's hard for me to go against it when they're doing it and they're consistently doing it, but I'm going to say that maybe they do show some regression maybe as the year goes on. I'm not sure if Robert Williams, when they get, he gets chucked in there, changes anything. Um, and just, just by being in there, changes the flow of some offense. Um, I'm going to say that maybe defense is locked down maybe in the second half of the season that maybe bumps some of their – uh, efficiency and numbers and bumps them down a little, but uh, I don't know. That that's my only reason. So I'll I'll say dish just for the, the sake of argument. And just to close up this topic, as I said, I'd look up those numbers. They're shooting forty nine point six percent from the field. They're shooting forty point four percent from three, but they're only shooting eighty five percent from three. Four fifty forty ninety is like impossible for a team. So obviously, like that's not going to get there. But dude, that's, it's it's ridiculous that they're within like a conversation of that. It's, do you say they're eighty five from the free throw line? Yeah, oh, yep. I thought yeah, you yeah. said eighty five from three. He said three, but yeah, he just. He oh no no no, no. yeah yeah like, <laughs> yeah. Then never mind. I'll change my answer. <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, they're shooting forty percent as a team, which is that's absolutely it. absurd. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not not an eighty five. <laughs> my bad. Um. Well, all right, switch your dish. This guy comes up, and every time I hear a damn trade rumor, it's this guy's name, and it's time for us to talk about it. Should the Hawks trade John Collins? What's your dish? Start with you, Mike. Uh, sure. I'm going to say sure. I don't think he's having that good of a year. I don't know if he's totally happy in Atlanta. I don't know if he likes his role in Atlanta. I don't know. I'll I tell know. you this. I wouldn't be happy if every time I fucking heard a trade rumor, it was me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Well, has he spurred some of that too, saying he wants out or no? Uh, not to my knowledge, okay, but I, I don't know that either. Know. But I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Every time, you're right. Trade rumors, John Collins, and there's I think there's a bunch of teams that would uh, bite on this and try and get him. Um, and like I said, I think he's not totally happy. I, and I don't, and I overall don't think he's playing that well for them. I mean, he's playing well for what they need him to, but not well for like what he's capable of. If that makes sense, I think he can produce a lot more in a different system. And that's really no knock on anybody, but it's just it is what it is. So, um, if the Hawks want to really make a good push and kind of up the ante, I think John Collins is a good piece to, uh, you know. Get, uh, field some offers for, field some calls for, and see what you can get for him. Jim, what you got? Man, I don't, I don't know. I let me ask you guys this real quick. Uh, if you do trade him, what, what are you looking for? 
I don't know because like yeah. when I hear the Brooklyn Nets are interested, like what in the hell are the Brooklyn Nets giving up? Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I feel like so. Like, fit. am I getting Joe Harris in like the Philly first or something? Like that doesn't do it. Like, am I getting Ben Simmons? I don't think that does it. So what are we like? What are we getting in return? Like, so I think that's going to be the hardest part about this question, and that's where like I kept getting stuck because I don't necessarily think that it makes sense for the Hawks because I think John Collins is playing really well in his role. If he has a yeah. bigger role in Sacramento or somewhere, I think he's putting up way better numbers, and we're looking at this as a different scenario. But the fact that he plays with Trey Young and Deontay Murray, they're going to be ball dominant. They're going to run the high pick and roll, and he's just going to sit in the corner. Yeah. So. Just from the aspect of I don't know what the like I haven't even seen a trade. Have you guys seen like any trade offers, or are you just talking about like the just talks about him getting traded? Sorry, I like, keep asking the question. <laughs> no, I guess like the question is is like like should they really be entertaining for John Collins trades? Like that's what I'm they, saying. Like, like I don't think they should trade him. Because, like, no, I, he's, he's yeah. not a superstar, but he's – I think he's a great role player for that that system that they're in. So, I'm going to be just would you guys rather have? <laughs> would you guys rather have John Collins or DeAndre Hunter? I'd rather have Hunter just because he's younger. Okay. And, and he's more of a and, three. And he's – yeah, he's more – he's got a better three-point shot. Um, I think they're they're kind of like the – they're kind of similar players. I mean, John Collins is a little more athletic, I, yeah, and he's think, probably a better uh, uh, big big man defender. But I would take Hunter, you know. Yeah, I think the thing with DeAndre Hunter is is I probably lean him just because I think he could play the like I, he can shoot the three. Obviously, I meant more he could play the small forward and be like the small forward position in the NBA is by far like the quarterback of the NFL. Like you need to have that dominant forward that can get you 30, who can defend your team, the other teams that like, that's just what the NBA is. And it's what it relies on. Mike, who would you rather have John Collins or DeAndre Hunter? I mean, I think I, I think John Collins, like last year, he's averaging like 16 and eight almost this year. It's more of like a 12 and seven, obviously with Murray in play numbers are going to switch. I think John Collins has more to offer overall in a way. Um, But I don't know. Something about just, I think Jamie makes a good point. Just something about it. Like, what do you, what do you need then if you don't want John Collins? Like what's, what's the point? So I don't, I don't, I need to know Atlanta's mindset, but I'll go John Collins over DeAndre Hunter, but I don't like have a lot to. I'm saying switch. Let's just free John Collins. Let's just get John Collins out of there. Let's see him with the higher usage. Let's see him with a team that actually wants to include him instead of worrying about trying to trade him. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let's roll into our last Swisher dish. Um, this is our sixth one today. So, um, you know, here we go. The T-Wolves do not end up making the playoffs. Did we do this? I didn't do this one yet, right? I don't think so. I was thinking I might do it uh, a couple weeks ago. Maybe, but some things have changed. So, Okay. All right, the T-Wolves do not end up making the playoffs. Switch your dish, Jamie. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I've I've had them. I think I've had them in the play-in play spot pretty much 
all year, and I think that's that's probably their ceiling, and I think that's probably their floor because um, they do have talent. Cat uh, being out for a while definitely hurts, but I don't think it hurts that much, honestly. I think Anthony Edwards, if he starts getting it going and developing into what we we see in flashes but we need consistency from, I think that's definitely going to help them. Um, and, I mean, Rudy Gobert, he he remains uh, one of the best defenders in the league. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say play in, but I don't know about playoffs. So I'm going to, I guess I'll dish it. What was the question again? Do they, do they end up making the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to switch it just because I think they, they can get a play-in game. I think that's what I I think they're probably a play-in team. I think they're probably on the 9 or 10 side. These dudes stink. I can't stand watching them play basketball. I don't think their pieces fit together. Um, Cat, Cat and Rudy definitely don't fit together, and it's ruining the development of, um, Anthony Edwards, honestly, at some point, the cat trade conversation might have to come up because they gave up so much for Rudy that I don't think that you could just trade him and not get back what they gave up. And I don't think that's happening. Um, I I can't stand watching the Minnesota Timberwolves play basketball, man. It's ugly. It's a mess. They have no like they're they're just immature as hell. Like these guys are not serious. They don't even take themselves seriously. And like, honestly, I'm not I don't know. It's not fun. It's not. I don't know. It's boring. a very weird, boring, probably one of my least favorite teams to turn on uh, when I'm watching the league pass. So <laughs> I'm not, dude, it's bad. Like, I can't do it. Like, I I can sit here. It's like the Wizards. Like, the Wizards are a very boring team to watch. It's just meh. Like, it's just here we are. Like, we either have a shot or we don't. And however we get there is however we get there. Like, I, I miss watching Anthony Edwards do some crazy cool dunks, dunking over people you know, doing a bunch of cool stuff. And I don't even get to see that anymore because we got big hogs down in the lane just chill. Didn't we all see this coming with the Gobert and Towns thing? Yeah. Like, from the we start, it was did. like, man, that's a weird freaking trade, man. I don't know how that's going to work. And we're seeing it's not really working. Well, when they think Cat is the greatest seven-foot shooter of all time, this is what happens. You can miss me with that. Oh, it's not even debatable. Mike, where where are you at here on the Seawoods? Nah, dude. I mean, what? I think Gobert gets ejected last night. I think uh, I want to see D'Angelo. We didn't even mention D'Angelo Russell. Like this he's guy not is just, good, bro. He's just fallen into the uh, he played NBA basketball oh, conversation. Y'all want to hear? You want to hear the craziest thing? You want to take things back real quick as we talk about? It? I don't mean to cut you off, Mike. You're good, but dude, just good. to just to bring this back real quick. The Minnesota Timberwolves traded a first-round pick and Andrew Wiggins, bro, for D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody like, what are we doing, him. bro? Like, what? Oh my god! That, that I mean, makes, listen, that makes him sick. You gotta think. You gotta think. Well, I mean, makes that Wiggins. I get Wiggins was never gonna buy in, but good lord. Whew, I, Wiggins is an all-star. Like he might be a perennial all-star now. And I can't believe we're saying that, but here we are. Yeah. But no, the, or the Timberwolves don't do much for me, man. They 
especially now with Cat out, like the next three or four weeks, the only or four to six, whatever it is, the only blessing in disguise, silver lining that there is here is that Anthony Edwards may grow a little more or have room to grow a little more. But you're right. See, I don't, I don't care to watch them. I watched, I think, one or two games, and both times I was very, it was very underwhelming and. I, so sorry, dish. Yeah, dish. I don't. I don't think they're making the playoffs. They might. They might get to the play-in and then lose. But I, I don't know. Go back to the first episode. I remember saying we were saying that fit. Like if this fits and it works great. Then it looks like a great move. But don't know if I see the fit and it's kind of coming to fruition now. That this, why have why make that move? I don't know. So I thought it would take time, but uh, time is not. The Minnesota Timberwolves. No, I don't. They could have five years. I don't think time's going to help this squad. So, which means, and then we can get into the Carlisle Town trade talks because I think that would be the next piece to go. But that's a story for a different day. Let's uh, let's wrap up here, guys. We're looking at about our time limit here. Um, so let's roll into what we're wa- going to watch for next week. I'm just going to run through mine real quick. Uh, it's actually the Boston Celtics. I haven't really got to sit down and watch them uh, too much, but this week I will be. They have four great basketball games. They play the Brooklyn Nets tonight. They play the Toronto Raptors tomorrow. They play in Phoenix on Wednesday. And then we have our first Saturday night ABC matchup with the uh, finals rematch with them and the Warriors out on the West Coast in Golden State. I can't wait to watch. Both these teams are a little different, but they have the same similarities. Both these teams had huge concerns in the offseason coming into this season, and now they're both looking you know, to pick up. Well, Boston picked up where they left off, and now Golden's starting to pick up their play. We know how good Golden State is at home. It's going to be a fun week with the Boston Celtics. Really going to get to see the true grit and grind of them and see if they're going to be able to go out on the West Coast and keep this thing rolling. Go ahead, Mike. I have – I'm doubling up. I mentioned uh, Chris Middleton earlier, so I'm going to double up here. I'm watching the Bucks. They do have uh, four games this week. Nothing too crazy. Orlando, um, then Sacramento, Dallas, and then Houston. Uh, but four games is a good sample size for a week to see what Chris Middleton can bring to the table when he's back. Last year, he played 66 games. They're averaging, uh, they were 44 and 22. As a team, they're averaging 116. So far, um, oh, sorry, last year without him, there were 16 games. There were seven and nine. Um, so definitely not as good um only scoring 110 and then this year 16 and 5 scoring 112 so just some numbers to keep in mind um so i'm just looking forward to see what he can bring to the table back with the bucks or what the bucks are going to do from here on out so he will definitely he'll definitely unlock the bucks offense here no doubt in my mind and it's already been picking up but he's gonna be he'll be back uh jamie go ahead um I'm uh, I'm gonna go with your guys' favorite team, the Pelicans. Um, they got they got a nice week ahead. They have the Nuggets tonight, um, Pistons Wednesday, and then they got Phoenix back-to-back games. Um, we're gonna see in this week right here if uh, if they can play with the big dogs. Hopefully, they can at least split with Phoenix. I think they can. I think honestly, they they could sweep. Uh, they could win all four. I just think Phoenix is too good. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, very interested to uh, watch Zion and uh, B.I. in this week. Yeah, that means the Suns will also see the Celtics, 
and Pulso. So, yeah, the Suns will definitely be a team that I'll be keeping an eye on this week as well. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Let's get our full, our final statements. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, just looking forward to another good week. Thank you all for the continued support. And, um, yeah, it's been good doing this with you guys. Let's look, uh, look to meet next week and do, do another good episode. Jamie? Yeah, I uh, appreciate all the um, all the listens. Um, hope you guys feel better uh, this next week. Get over all this sickness. Um, and yeah, I'm ready for another week. Hopefully, the Lakers can uh, keep winning. Yeah, big week for the Lakers. That's another team we could be watching out for. It seems like we got some good basketball this week. I, I looked over uh, the schedule. The Main Street schedule looked pretty good, but it seems like as we talk about all these little ins and outs on teams. Seems like we got a big week of basketball of, you know, the heavyweights are starting to face off. So never a bad thing. Um, and I think LeBron actually might return to Cleveland this week, too. So yeah, we'll he does. You, yeah. So uh, we'll see you soon, Jamie, on Tuesday. I Tuesday, believe. Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. yep. So, um, you know, we'll be excited to sweep the Lakers for the first time probably ever. But for that, guys, uh, thank you guys for the uh-huh. continued support. We appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, Mike and Jamie, for all your help. Um, You know, hopefully we can all feel better. Hopefully we don't sound like crap next week. And with all that being said, guys, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.